are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Blackhawks and also for the listeners out on the West Coast to another episode of Locked On Kings. Joining me now for a quick conversation is none other than the new host of Locked On Kings, Eddie Garcia. Eddie, first off, let me say uh, welcome to the Locked On NHL community. We're glad to have you. Um, how have things been going so far? How long have you been doing the show and uh, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, uh, Jack. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's fun to get to meet guys like you. And, and I've had some other people reach out to me in the locked on NHL community. And uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been a learning experience. I've been working on the radio side for over 20 years. Uh, so the audio portion of this kind of thing is is easy for me. But the video part of it is something that's totally new for me. Um, it was a little intimidating at first. You know, it's never fun to not know what you're doing and have to ask a lot of questions. But I've been getting the hang of it pretty quickly now. I've, uh, I'm in my first week of the video. I've been doing the podcast now for about three weeks. So, it, you know, a lot of growing. Uh, sometimes you make mistakes, but you just power through it. And, uh, you know, I t- keep telling myself in a couple of months, I'll look back and laugh on uh, me being nervous about doing this. But no, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's funny. I, I really felt the same way when I was first getting up and running with video a couple months ago. And seriously, I've, I've noticed the difference in, in such a quick amount of time. So I'm sure you'll be able to get the hang of it and shrug off those shrug off those jitters uh, here in no time. Um, but before we dive into some hockey stuff, Eddie, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about you. I know you said you've been doing radio for 20 years. Has it always been King stuff? Has it been involved with any other sports? And then uh, also, are you a West Coast guy? Are you from California or what, what's kind of your, your story with sports and everything? Yeah, I'm definitely a West Coast guy. As a matter of fact, I'm as West as you could possibly be. I was born in Hawaii, oh, wow. uh, where, where my dad was stationed in the Army. Uh, after he got out of the Army, we moved to California, uh, Central California, which is an interesting place. Uh, a lot of people think California is big city, beaches, all that kind of stuff, but it's it's a gigantic state. Uh, Northern California is forests. We've got deserts, mountains. Central California is all farmland. It's It's really like the Midwest. And then, of course, you've got the big cities, San Francisco, L.A., so on. But uh, I grew up and, and went to college uh, in Central California. I went to Fresno State. And then after I graduated, um, I had some uh, classmates and roommates who were from Southern California. They went back home. They got jobs at Fox Sports. And after I did local radio in Fresno for a few years, I was like, you know, I, I really would like something different, something new. You know, you use the connections that you have. They got me on board at Fox Sports, working behind the scenes in, in TV. And then uh, the, the Fox Sports Radio Network launched a few years after that. And I'm like, you know what? I miss radio. And, uh, you know, I've made some connections. This new network is launching. So I, you know, I asked uh, the right people. Uh, they introduced me to some people. And I've been there now over 20 years, which I would never have dreamed that I would be in one place for, for that long. But it's been great. It's been awesome. A part of these overnight shows that I do. Uh, there, it's a definite uh, interesting mix of people that call in to sports talk radio in the overnight <laughs> hours. Uh, it's it, Some people don't believe that these are actual real people. They think we're making these characters up, but they're actually real people. Some of them are asleep when they call. Some of them are drunk. Uh, it's, 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 it's amazing, but it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, but to answer your question, um, I got into hockey when I was in college. My, one of my roommates was a Kings fan. We only had one NHL team in California then. There was no Ducks. There was no Sharks, no Kraken, no Golden Knights, no Coyotes. So it was all about the Kings. 
And then the first year I really got into hockey, they went to the Stanley Cup final, which was a surprise. And I just, once I experienced playoff hockey, I'm like, I'm sold, I'm switching, no more NBA, I'm all about hockey. And my passion has grown for it pretty much every year since. When I got to LA, I started covering the Kings. Um, I even play hockey twice a week, or, or yeah, twice a week, uh, play beer league hockey. So it's, for a guy born in Hawaii, raised in California, who doesn't have a connection to the sport, you know, I've, it's, 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 I've learned it's such a great sport, fallen in love with it. And it's like my favorite sport now. <laughs> well, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Playoff hockey. I feel like people who don't know much about the game, if you just sit down and watch the atmosphere and what it's like to play that type of year and how crazy the crowds go and how fast and physical the game is. I mean, it's hard for people not to become fans immediately. You're probably the a hundredth story I've heard about that where playoff hockey uh, got people sucked in. Um, but yeah, you know, that's it's awesome. funny too. It's funny too. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, uh, the, I don't know how you feel about this, but the, the most stressed I've ever been in my life watching sports and I love all, all sports and you know, uh, but game seven against the Blackhawks in Chicago, Western conference finals, 2014 overtime. I've never been that nervous in my life. I've never like every shot your, your heart is in your throat because your season could be over at any moment. I've never, experienced that kind of stress before and obviously it had a happy ending for me but uh to this day i can still remember sitting on my couch my my stomach like cramping up i'm like this is insane this is just unbelievable but uh yeah that's that game to me was actually even more of a relief than the stanley cup final games that they've that they've won oh everyone knew that western conference final was really the stanley cup you're right absolutely i mean at that time we were just running through the league Ugh. I was heartbroken with that game seven winner off of Nick Letty's back. And then of course, Alec Martinez goes and does it again to win the Stanley cup. It was, Oh man, that was one that uh, I think about a lot because that could have been a three peat for my Chicago Blackhawks, yeah, but for sure. oh, better days. Got me thinking about better days, Eddie, because things are looking very bleak now for the Chicago Blackhawks as they head into uh the 2022-2023 season later on this year. And um, one of the few off-season signings that they made, they weren't a very active team. Given the direction they're heading in, it made a whole lot of sense that they weren't trying to get a whole lot of players. But um, the reason I wanted to have this chat with you today, Eddie, is because out of those few free agent moves that the Blackhawks made, no one really intrigued me more than Andreas Athanasiu because – uh, he, he's someone, you know, who's had a very up and down career. He was once a 30 goal scorer with the Detroit Red Wings, not all that long ago, even 28 back in 2018, 19, it just kind of feels like eight years ago with everything that's gone on in the past few seasons. Uh, but a former 30 goal scorer with the Red Wings kind of has some inconsistency issues there ends up getting Delta Edmonton. They don't sign him on for an extension. And then he winds up landing with the Los Angeles Kings where he spent uh, each of the last two seasons. So I just wanted to ask you overall, kind of how things went for Andreas Athanasiu in that stint with the Kings. You know, the first year uh, I saw he put up decent, decent numbers, 23 points in 47 games, played in 47 of the 56 games that year. Uh, that was the COVID shortened season, of course. And then this past year, it was a little tough for him. He only appeared in 28 games worth of action. I know he, he dealt with some injuries and there was some COVID issues as well, but when he was healthy, he, he put up some pretty respectable numbers. So I kind of just wanted to get your rundown or, or breakdown of how it went for Andreas Athens, both on the ice and kind of how he was affected by injuries and stuff as well. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's funny when they when they brought him in, uh, it made a lot of sense because the emphasis with the Kings was we've got to get faster. We've got to get faster. This team is too slow. So as you well know, his greatest asset is his speed. And so it made a lot of sense. Um, and they were hoping because, the, you know, the Kings by and large teach a very responsible defensive game, right? That's where they are a special team. It's on the defensive side of things. And they're trying to, you know, find some scores at this point, like a Kevin Fiala, who they brought in the offseason to help things out. So it made sense that they would go for a guy like Andreas Antonisiu. His nickname, by the way, is Grease Lightning. He's, Ooh. you know, his, his uh, roots are from Greece, right? Greek. He's a Greek guy. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a pretty cool nickname. Uh, but is. yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of speed. And I think the Kings were hoping, you know, we'll have it, we'll have his speed and hopefully he can adjust to our more defensive style as well. And he can have maybe two or three breakaways or, you know, odd man opportunities and, and just help our offense that way. And, and it was, as you could probably tell from his stats, uh, there was hit and miss. Um, he would, he would uh, not play a very responsible defensive game. He'd get benched. He'd come back in, he'd score a goal, you'd get excited, and he'd play for a few games, and then he would it would be like a kind of a rotating thing. And also mixed in, as you said, there were some injuries, there was some COVID issues. So, you know, he's the type of guy, though he he has great speed and he's a finisher. Um, you know, we had Carl Haglin here a few years back, and everyone was like, Oh, speed, speed. This guy's got great speed. And he would get some breakaways, but he never seemed to finish with when he was with the Kings. As Evan Asiu has some a finishing touch, he can put it in the net when he gets his opportunities. Um, but that's just the thing. It, it the defensive side of his game, and I think that's probably been the knock wherever he's been, hasn't been up to par to equal the speed and the excitement. But he, for a fan, he's a very fun player to watch. And you know, you talk about Chicago. I got to believe. Uh, you know, I put him on my second line. I'd let him play 82 games, and I think you could get 25 goals out of him, maybe even 30. And then late in the year, you're like, hey, who wants a 30-goal scorer? And then you get something in return for him. That's my envision for what the Chicago Blackhawks are want, to, want to do with him. We'll see if that happens. But if you give him the playing time and you just put him in the lineup and you say, you know, we'll live with your warts in, in return for what you're going to score, he'll put up the numbers and then maybe you, you turn him for something at the end of the year. That's, that's my guess of what the Blackhawks want to do with him. But he's fun. He's exciting. He's, a, he's somebody who gets a couple of great chances you know, at least every other game and and more often than not, if he gets the ice time, he, he'll score for you. This conversation with Eddie Garcia from Lockdown Kings will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as baseball season has officially taken over for the summer and Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props, to who the next fired manager is going to be, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. It's not just baseball. From esports, golf, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. Yeah, it's it's going to be, I think there's two sides of this Andreas Athanasiu signing, and one of them, I will say, is far more likely than the other. Look, the position the Blackhawks are in, if they're trading away a 24-year-old Alex Dabrinkit, not re-signing a 25-year-old Dylan Strome, letting Dominic Kubelik walk for free, it's clear 
their their mindset is there's no rush on this rebuilding process and it's going to take likely four to five, maybe even longer than that, four to five years or more potentially here. So signing Andreas Athanasiu, who's a week away or something from turning 28 years old, obviously he's not going to fit in that timeline picture. And more than likely he's going to be dealt by the Blackhawks at the trade deadline. It's a pretty fair deal. One year, $3 million, not very expensive. It's going to be an expiring deal. So um, I believe there's going to be some teams that are going to be trying to add a, a piece, especially given Athanasius' skill set with the speed and everything at some point in the deadline. That's the more likely path for Andreas Athanasius as a Blackhawk. That is probably only going to be for six or seven months here. But the reason why he was so intriguing to me is because we've seen this flash. We've seen, like you said, the speed is what everybody talks about with him. And he has the abilities, and sometimes he'll leave you breathless with how fast he can skate. He has the ability to create an odd man rush going the other way. And you also mentioned he's a good shooter. I mean, I was looking at his shooting percentage throughout his career, like a career 12% shooter, put up some really good numbers, always seemed like a little bit more of a goal scorer than a playmaker. But, you know, I know it doesn't fit the timeline that the Blackhawks are on right now, but Andreas Athensiu just feels to me like one of those guys who could find something here, given the chance that he'll likely get in Chicago. And I've been drawing up, you know, way too early depth charts for next season. That's what you do in July when we got nothing to do. Right. And Andres Athens, could be playing on the top line with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Like that actually could be happening. The roster is thin. I mean, like remarkably thin. So he's going to get a really good opportunity. And I feel like, you know, if he does good with that opportunity, that's only going to help his, you know, um, his stock and the Blackhawks could get a better return, but there's still a part of me was like, could Andreas Athens see you find something here in Chicago and be part of things? I very much doubt it, but it's always interesting to hear, especially with a player like this, who's had such an up and down ride. And, um, but when, when the highs are there, I mean, you know, what ability this guy has. And, um, you mentioned that you think he could be a top six guy that, that, you know, could, potentially pot 20, 25, maybe even 30 goals with the Blackhawks. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the role that he played in with the Kings because um, probably wasn't getting a top line opportunity there, but I was curious, you know, what kind of players he meshed well, where was he usually in the lineup, who were consistent line mates and, you know, all that good jazz. Who did he have success with? What kind of players does he play well with as, uh, as well? Yeah, he never played uh, top six minutes when he was when he was here with the Kings, uh, especially last year. The top two lines were really set early on uh, and played re- really well together. So he was a guy that almost always was on the third line. Um, and and for the Kings, it probably wasn't a great you know fit for him because there were a lot of a lot of the younger guys for the Kings were playing uh, third and fourth line minutes. So he you know like playing with a guy like Quentin Byfield, who's really just trying to learn his way into the NHL as, you know, not, not really a rookie, but well, basically a rookie last year. Um, and, you know, a highly uh, touted draft pick and he's just trying to learn in the NHL. He's, you know, it's, it's, it's all a learning experience for him. So if he, if, if Anthony CU gets to play with, with uh, teams and gain, uh, he'll be in, he'll be in dreamland. Uh, you know, because <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you know, like I said, he wasn't getting the time here. He was in and out of the lineup. So I, I, like I said, I, I, I agree with you. I think it, it would be very surprising if he isn't. And look, it's a win-win for both. Like Chicago would like to get more pieces for the rebuild. 
If they give him the minutes, he's got the ability to put up some numbers. And then everyone's looking for a 30 goal scorer, you know, and if he plays on your top line, I think he could get close to 30 goals this year. And for him, Hey, he gets uh, you know, a big year can go somewhere else and get another contract and extend his career a little bit farther. Maybe he gets more than just a one-year deal. So I really do think it's a win-win for, for both teams. Uh, if he can get the minutes now, if you're going to put him on your third line and have him be in and out of the lineup, then it's probably going to be similar to what he had here in Los Angeles. There was one thing really interesting about him though. And it was either, it was, didn't matter if it was because of health or because he was a healthy scratch. It seemed like every time he get, he got in the lineup, the first game back, he would score a goal. And every and there was a running joke with the Kings. It was like, let's bench him every other game so he can come back and score <laughs> a goal the next game. I don't know what that says about him. I guess in some ways it's encouraging because it felt like he was being motivated by get, being benched. But then again, he kept getting benched, you know, <laughs> or, 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 you know, consistently would, would find himself a healthy scratch every now and then. But it was almost a running joke. Like I said, every time he got back in the lineup, for whatever reason, he almost always would score a goal. Hey, we might have to pass that news on to new Blackhawks yeah. head coach, Luke Richardson. Hey, if Athens CU isn't living up to your expectations, just go and scratch him for a game because it seems like he's able to respond in a pretty strong way. Um, that's that. Yeah, that's definitely interesting to hear. I actually uh, read something about that as well when I was doing some homework on Athens CU when the Blackhawks first signed him. But yeah, I totally agree with you that I think the Blackhawks are in a good spot here to sign a player like him always you know still relatively young like I said about to turn 28 every team always wants to get faster you know with the way the game is going just getting faster and faster and faster Uh, and that's another interesting reason why the Blackhawks brought him on too they've really struggled with speed over the past few years again not that he's probably part of the long-term picture but at least helps solve things a little bit in the short term as well Um, But yeah, a good spot for the Blackhawks to be in to take on that type of deal. One year, cheap contract, likely flip them at the deadline, hopefully give him a good opportunity to maximize on that return. Um, But one other thing I wanted to ask you about Athanasiu as well, and you already hinted at this a little bit, but I've heard a lot about his defense and that kind of being uh, one of the biggest knocks on his game. Um, Looking at his analytical numbers, you know, he's always been someone who's been relatively positive in terms of possession, but uh, always ends up on the ice for more goals against than goals for. I'm, I'm guessing a, a lot of that is probably because he's not very uh, responsible in his own end. He knows that's what's that's where he's special. That's what stands him out. It's not, his defensive game is never going to be the thing that's going to keep him in the league. So I, on the one hand, I get it. Um, and I, I'm sure it's also old habits die hard. I mean, his whole life in hockey has been about him scoring and he's always looking to break out. He's always looking to get that step and, uh, you know, score goals and, and that's what gets him paid. So I, I get it on the one hand, I think at this point he is what he is. I can't imagine him changing at this yeah. point, but it, it's like I said, it's, you can understand it with him because the offensive side of the game keeps him employed. Um, so. I, I don't think it's he, like he goes out there and just doesn't try to play right. defense, but I think you are what you are. You know, like I said, he's been that his entire life. He's been a goal scorer. That's what's gotten him his attention. That's what's gotten him his, his a- opportunities with different teams. So um, yeah, you'd like him to be a little bit more responsible defensively, but at this point, I think he knows what he is and, and he's going to, he's going to, he's keep, he keeps getting opportunities with other teams. So I, it's hard to, to imagine him changing at this point. Yeah, that's totally fair. I'm, I'm sure he's, 
well aware that his game breaker is his speed and the ability to, you know, maybe get a breakaway or two to steal his team a goal. And like you said, that's something that's continued to have him, you know, be given opportunities here at the NHL level. And that's what he's known for. So, um, well, that is always probably going to be a knock on his game. If he's getting the opportunities on the other end, I don't think you really can complain. And you probably know what you're getting when you sign him. So it's not like it's going to catch anyone by surprise about this point. Uh, or uh, not going to catch anyone by surprise at this point, I should say. Um, but yeah, Eddie, thank you so much for all that insight on Andreas Athanasiu. I really appreciate it. I know there's a lot of uh, Blackhawks fans listening to this who will appreciate learning more about one of the few signings that the team made this summer. Uh, before I let you go, I do want to ask you though about the Los Angeles Kings and the offseason they had coming off. You know, I don't want to, I don't mean this in a rude way, but kind of a surprising year that they made the playoffs, not getting a lot of hype to start the year, kind of a, a young team that I, I wouldn't say was very deep on paper, but they really played a strong defensive game and, you know, nearly upset the Edmonton Oilers there in the first round. So I'm curious, you know, how are Kings fans feeling right now? What's the mood around the off season? And, you know, is their playoff talk heavily again, heading into this season? I know it's still July, but you know, coming off of a series where they almost upset Connor McDavid and the Oilers, you know, I feel like there's got to be buzz about what this team is doing and what they're growing in LA right now. Yeah, there's no question about it. Um, and it's not rude because I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team la last season. I think a lot of Kings fans were hoping last year that they would contend for a playoff spot, but probably fall a little bit short. But if they were in the mix, that would be progress. Nobody saw them, you know, finishing top three in the Pacific. Of course, nobody saw Vegas face planting the way they did last year either. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Calgary's kind of come back to the pack a little bit with the big losses they've had and Johnny Gaudreau leaving, which was shocking. Vegas, I think will return a little bit. They've got Cal salary cap issues. Edmonton, I think is the class of the, of the division for now, but I think the Kings are right there in the mix for second or third. Um, their biggest need in the off season was addressing their top line and getting some scoring punch and they needed a left winger and they went out and got, Kevin Fiala from Minnesota. So they addressed their biggest need in the off season. Um, they had a lot of guys that did have career years last year. So that is a, a concern of whether they can do it again. Adrian Kempe, Philip Deneau, Trevor Moore, all these guys had career years. So can they duplicate that? Hopefully, um, you know, the, the Kings though, uh, they got to get better on the power play. They brought in a new assistant coach from the Islanders to help out uh, shore up the power play. So hopefully that will address that. But no, you know, there's a lot of optimism, uh, I think, in L.A. right now. There's a ton of prospects for the Kings that are all now getting ready for their opportunity. Not sure there's going to be areas for all of them to fill into. Uh, and so then, of course, the, that always is, hey, we've got all these, these pieces. Let's trade for another big left-handed defenseman, which is, which is the other need the Kings are looking to fill. But um, So it's not a complete picture yet. It is going in the right direction. Um, and, and there is a lot of excitement. I think Kings fans are, are really expecting them to be a playoff team again this year. Hey, listen, Eddie, optimism and a deep prospect pool are two things that Blackhawks fans would kill for right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, enjoy the season. I know it's going to be a fun ride, I'm sure, for Los Angeles Kings fans. See if the team can uh, kind of build off of the season that they had last year. And I also want to thank you once again for jumping on the show and letting us know a little bit more about Andreas Athanasiu and his stint with the Los Angeles Kings organization. I'm very excited to see him play. I'm really confident he's going to get a massive opportunity to showcase his stuff here in Chicago. So we'll see if he'll be able to piece it together 
Um, he's had, like I said, many times ups and downs over the years, but hopefully he'll be able to find that game a little bit. If, especially if he's playing with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze could be a possibility for Andreas Athens. See So, uh, thanks again, Eddie, before you go, if there's uh, if you wanted to take a second to plug your show and let the listeners out there know where they can check you out. And if they want to know more about the Kings, where to find them, the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, it's uh, Locked on LA Kings uh, is the place to find my podcast, which uh, I'm putting out an episode every week, which is, you know, as you know, well, know, very difficult at this time. But, you know, trying to grow the audience, being a new host on the network. And so far, I've gotten some great feedback as far as that goes. Um, if you it, let me tell you, I'll tell you this, if you are a night owl, if you work overnight hours, if you're a security guard, if you're stocking shelves, if you're a truck driver, uh, you can check out the Ben Maller show, which I'm a part of. Uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, it's 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific time. So it's an overnight show for most of the country, including people in Chicago. It's a crazy show. It's a lot of fun. We take callers and you never know what you're going to get when you uh, when you answer those phones, uh, which is kind of a dying thing in, in sports talk radio. Now, not a lot of hosts take callers anymore. So we take these calls and it's uh, it's it's you'll laugh. I guarantee you, you'll laugh and have a good time. So if anybody out there, check out the Fox Sports Radio Network iHeartRadio and all that kind of stuff. Once again, everyone, Eddie Garcia, the new host of Locked On Kings. Eddie, thank you again for joining the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with you again soon when the season starts. I know we'll get together for a crossover or two. So I wish you luck in the rest of the offseason, buddy. Thanks again. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it.